edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jeff fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Oh, oh, yeah. Coming in hot, baby, off that big W this weekend. Before we get to that, before we get to that, you know him, you love him. He's the majestic beast, division one tight end, legend in the podcasting game, Wookie in the building. Wookie, say what's up. What is going on, everybody? We got we got a W. We got a W to talk about. We got a W and the team man got a W for you as yep. well. Yep. In overtime, awesome game for you guys. Jets and Giants have never both won a game in overtime in the same week. Kind of cool. Kind of cool little nugget. NFL factoid. But G- Wookie, happy for you. You're my boy. Love you. But let's get to this Jet W. Let's get to this Jet win in overtime. 27-24. There's so much to go through, Mike. There's so many positives. We didn't play a perfect game. No one's saying we did, Mike. We didn't play perfect. We did enough to get the job done. And our boy, Zach Wilson, you want to talk about a coming out party, Mike? You want to talk about turning all these negatives, all this chatter here in the background, everything before this game? Mike, what did you say? We said what we've been doing is not helping this kid out. We're not making big plays. He's not making big plays. The defense isn't getting to the quarterback. What happened this game? We got to the quarterback. Zach made big plays. His uh, his, his wide receivers in the second half stepped up, made plays for him. When Carter needed to get a first, when he needed to get in the end zone, he got the job done, Mike. And when we needed to make a big play on defense, look, they got up a ton of yards. I get it. When we needed to make a play on defense, they stepped up, got to the quarterback, Mike. This weekend, Zach Wilson, New York Jets, Robert Salah, first victory. Coming out party for our boy. Let everyone know how you feel. I said it right at the end of the game. And JT, our boy, said, I was thinking the same thing. Yo, some of the throws I saw on Sunday, I haven't seen since Vinny. Straight up. And some of them, I don't even know if I've ever seen. I mean, I'm talking the throws that I saw come on Sunday from our young quarterback. They were like the, 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 how far he was, how deep he was and how well he hit him, you know, uh, Cole and, and, and he hit, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Corey Davis. I mean, I just thought that. I haven't seen this. You know, Sam Donald never made a throw like that, ever. Okay, neither did Gino, neither did Sanchez. I, you know, so that was one major takeaway I took away from this game. I was like, this quarterback can sling it, <laughs> and that's it. That is, there's no question about it. You saw, everyone saw why he was the number two pick in the NFL draft. Absolutely tremendous, but. The other main takeaway I took, besides the talent we have at quarterback, um, was the fact that our defense really showed us that this can be an elite unit. Now, what you're looking at right now is the young foundational defense that has has injuries, like to Carl Lawson, that is the entry into the whole Robert Sala, you know, uh, t- framework. We haven't gotten into more drafts. We haven't uh, exercised our free agency. And what you're seeing already from Bryce Huff and and uh, JFM and Sheldon Rankins and Quinn and freaking Williams and Quincy Williams and Mo- Mosley was like a man possessed. 
I mean, I guess it was against the Titans if you want to say what you want to say. But this defense has absolute potential to be special when it gets healthy, when it gets filled out. And how about the play of the cornerbacks? Bryce Hall is playing absolutely tremendous. We have stats on him that are, I mean, I, I, am I crazy to say that right now he's playing at a Pro Bowl level? I mean, he is. A month in, it's pretty insane what he's been doing. Statistically, that's the truth. It um, is. It's strange to say it. It doesn't make any sense. I had my doubts on Hall coming into the season, but uh, guess what? It's shaking out and he's playing great. Three passes defended for him this weekend. They moved the ball down the field. They were able to push it into the end zone with Carter there, Mike, on that short touchdown run. Then in the second half, boom, what happened to the Jets? And this is this is the, my biggest takeaway from this game. Obviously, it's Zach Wilson slinging the ball down the field like he did, giving us those highlights, getting all those sacks. I understand that. But, Mike, they went down 17-10. All these different times in this game, they could have folded like we're used to seeing or maybe some other Jets teams did. I don't think this team is going to be that type of squad no. this year. You know, it seems like uh, that second half, they really found something there. Zach Wilson, a lot of improvisational plays. I know the offense looked good. We put up 27 points. We might still have our doubts on the floor, Mike, because if you think about it, all the best plays Zach made, even when he fumbled that snap and scooped it off the ground, I think he threw it to Cole on the sideline. Most of those plays were just Zach making play. That was him improvisationally making a play. That's the reason we drafted the kid, you know? And this was his best game, obviously, statistically, but also just because of how they were get, able to get it done in the second half. And people can say whatever they want about the Titans. I mean, Titans were 11-5 and five last year. Titans were in the AFC Championship the game the year before that. Titans are a good team. They're one of the most consistent teams the past six or seven years in the NFL. I know they didn't have Julio Jones. I know they didn't have Brown. But want to go through the list of the guys the Jets don't have? I, no, no one cares about that, right? So that, that's meaningless to me when people say that to me. I don't care who they didn't have. Look who the Jets don't have. They don't have lost and made didn't play. You know, Becton didn't play. You can go through a whole laundry list of guys we didn't have on our squad. No one cares about that when they try to tear the W down. That's my, but you can't, you can't pop this bubble on Jet fans right now. We're hyped. Zach Wilson, Mike, 297, two touchdowns, one interception, only sacked one time on the day, which is big. QB rating of a 97.3. C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley, Michael, 33 tackles the past three weeks, which is the most in the NFL. 13 this weekend, had one sack, one other tackle for a loss, one other QB hit. And can we talk about Quincy Williams? Now we're going to get into Quinnen. We're going to get into big old Q tearing it up. But I don't know if you saw this game. Look, I know the Giant game was on. But Quincy Williams, okay, kind of a journeyman to a degree, I guess, before we gripped him up, Mike, he played for our game. He played at a Pro Bowl level. I mean, that, he was all over the field. Every time a play was being made, it was either Mosley or it was him. Um, on the day, 12 tackles for Quincy Williams, one sack, two one tackles sack. for a loss, oh, yeah. one pass defended, and he had another QB hit. Mike, he was a revelation this weekend. I did not expect that level of play from Quincy Williams. Him and his brother, the first brother duo to get a sack in the same game since 1982. Pretty cool stat. What'd you think about the Williams brothers out there this weekend, Mike? Tearing it up on defense. Quincy Williams. <laughs> you said a revelation. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. And now I'm going to tell you, there were two plays there. If he just looks up, he's going to pick six. He had a pick six on two of them. But he was just concentrating on getting the tackle and he was just exploding and taking defenders down. And, you know, I, I, I you know, Jacksonville, good for you. We're going to get into Jacksonville a little later in the show. But I think him as an addition to this defense, along with CJ Mosley from a linebacking perspective, just just has been tremendous. And Quinn and Williams, I mean, Quinn and Williams so far. Um, I think I sent a, uh, a a photo of him to you. 14 pressures, 14.7% pressure rate, first among 65 qualified interior defensive linemen. 70 pass rush snaps. The kid is, he, he we already knew that he was going to be taking a step. We already knew. And now it's just being realized. And what's insane about all of this is Carl Lawson isn't here. Can we imagine what this defensive line would look like if we had another pass run. But that's okay. Again, we're, we're seeing where we are right now. You know, 
We're, it's not like we were going to go win the Super Bowl. It's just kind of like we're laying our cards out and we're showing, hey, this is what this team can do. Um, I was not, ha- you know, I wasn't positive going into this game. I didn't expect what I saw. It, but I, we will say this, that drive in the second quarter when Michael Carter rushed for a touchdown, that was the spark for the offense to show them that they can do this. And yep. to your point, it really unlocked the LaFleur offense. It unlocked Zach Wilson. And that really is what got the team going because the defense already was holding them down. The defense has been holding them down every single game. The defense hasn't had a bad game. They haven't had absolutely phenomenal games, but they've been playing well. Okay. So if this offense can just do something, my goodness, you know, the sky's the limit. Nick, what did you think of the young rookie? What, what happened, Mike? I'm sorry. What did you think of Zach Wilson's performance? Well, I thought, I mean, it, it was obviously, it's understatement saying it was better than the first three games. But like I said last time, I mean, I don't think that kid had a performance where he threw the four picks in him again. And you saw that he came out, he played a great game. He, he kept them in it. He, he brought them back in it when he had to. And it's got to feel so good for him to get that first W. All of that is now off his shoulders, whether he wanted to say it, you know, it was weighing on him or not publicly. You have to, I mean, you have to imagine it was. So now that's gone. Now it's, all right, I know I can win at this level. I know I've got the people around me that can win at this level. Now we got to figure out how to do that more consistently. Yeah, no, I agree with you, I agree with you 100%. And some of the throws he made in the game, I know the throw that he made to Davis down the sideline, obviously that's the throw that's going to stand out. That bomb, he sends him 53-yard bomb on the end zone, touchdown. Another big pass to Davis he had. Had a lot of big passes to Cole. But also, Mike, that touchdown pass to Crowder. Small window there on the goal line. That was Sick. a nasty pass. That, was, that, pass was, that pass was nasty by Zach. You, you saw the Jets either just by... The way the coverage ended up shaking out, or by design, they did roll him out a little. Like that seemed to be pretty effective. Almost every single time they did it, um, they figured something out there, which was something Jet fans have been calling for. Maybe shorten the field up, make it a little easier for him. Maybe even if there's only two options out there and he doesn't have anyone, he could throw it out of bounds. He can maybe run for a few yards. He did that a little bit this weekend. And another guy, like you said, Bryce Hall, like five tackles, three passes defended. All of these corners, even if you look at the way that Javelin Gidry played, he might have saved the game. A tackle he made on Derrick Henry there in overtime. And the way he played in this game, tackles all over the place. I think the young secondary has been one of the biggest surprises for us of this squad. Easily. Absolutely. I mean, to me, absolutely. The way they played Hall and all, all the rest of those boys. I know we had an injury there for Eccles this weekend. But Quinn and Williams, seven tackles, two sacks had two other QB hits. Quinnen Williams is a machine right now. Mike touched on it a moment ago. This defense, these pieces that are coming together for us um, on defense, it's like Salah, I think, is going to get the most out of these guys on defense. He's proven that at his other stops, Mike. And I think we're coming together in a way that Jet fans didn't expect on D. Because if you think of the position that this offense has put this defense in, okay, the, the first three games, Mike, I mean, their they're backs against the wall, and they were still top 10. And even after last week, with the with Titans putting up 430 yards, we're still ranked 13th right now in total yards a game, which is That's right. so – like, no one would think that. But then you look deeper into it, and you're like, wow, the Jets' defense is actually playing pretty good. Um, Corey Davis. Let's get to Corey Davis here, too. we got to touch on him, Mike. 111 yards, big-time 53-yard touchdown catch. Came up huge in the second half. The first half, though, there was some boo-birds there in MetLife. Yeah. There was a route there. There was a route there with Zach. No way to know. No way for us to know if that's Zach's fault. I know he fell down. Interception again on Zach. Another drop for Davis also in the first half. So at least the first half, coming off the previous two weeks, there was a bad vibe around him with Jet fans in the stands. I can tell you that. Me and my cousin Sammy, other people were like, "This guy's got to be kidding me." Turned it around in the second half. Yeah, he, he needed did. to do it. He needed to do it. We're paying him all that money. You can't be dropping passes. You can't be, you got to be out there rolling, bro. And, and oh, the other thing I had to say, admit, admit is that if Zach can throw like this, we got to get this kid an alpha. We got to go get this kid a Julio Jones. We got to go get this kid, you know, uh, a Superman out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he can throw it up like that, if he can sling it like that, 
I mean, think about Randall Cunningham back in the day. I mean, he would just wing it and Randy yep. would just go get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you're right. They're, 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 they're receivers out there where, you know what? Maybe you're not even the most accurate. Just throw it up there. They'll go get yeah. it. We need to go get one right. of those cats. I mean, if he's going to be throwing like that, because he, I mean, at the end, he was just wilding, even the pass interference. We're going to get into the whole game review right now. We're going to get on all that, but man, yeah, and I think I, I'm thinking Corey we need to Davis get a beast. Has, Corey Davis has shown, Mike, um, at least he's been up and down so far here with the Jets. He has two really good games. Even this last game, basically one half, he was great, but does it make a difference when you catch a 53-yard bomb? Like, he did no, stepped it up when it mattered the most, so Jury's still out to a degree, but he has shown you in spurts that he could be that guy. Yeah. But what Mike's talking about is a dude who every single game. But Devontae Adams, if he has a one-on-one -on -one and has a chance to catch the ball, he catches the ball. If Hopkins has a chance to catch the ball, Bro. he catches the ball. They, Imagine these are, these are the receivers. Mike's talking about guys that when they have a chance to make a play, 99% of the time make the play. That's what Mike Nick about. Nick can attest to this. Your first Super Bowl. Do you know why you guys were able to win? Besides the defensive line, you had Plexico Burris. Plexico stretched the field. They could not, you know, discount him. Okay. Right. They had to put, they couldn't just sit back there and, you know, you know, put all their guys in the box and, you know, knock out the run. They had to have coverage on Plexico. You know what I'm saying? And oh, that, that, that was very efficient and important to your offense and that following year you guys started off i think 11 and 1 and then plexico shot himself in the leg and that was it remember that yeah no so, I, no I, I forget that mike thank you for bringing that back up of course i remember that he shot himself in the leg and then we shit the bed the rest of the shooting that's right because then you the, the offense was predictable right the offense, no, of course of course you see what if, i'm saying so get, then yeah, Davis is a great is a great addition in the offseason. Obviously, you get you know the best you can out of him, and everything's gravy with with, with that signing. But to what you said before, if you get like a number like a, a legitimate hands down number one wide receiver. That like you said, it doesn't make a difference. He's almost matchup proof, as they would say in fantasy. You put him out there against any defense, any cornerback, and you know that when it comes down to it, he's going to give you the best shot. Of, of of making that play, and if you get him somebody like that, like a top top guy, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's only going to help him out. It's done wonders for Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah, yep. And, and Murray, you know, this year he had that security blanket last year with Hopkins, a ton of targets. He would just throw it up to him. This year, they allowed him to. You had a guy like that last year, and he was able to grow. And now this year, he's spreading the ball out a little more. If you look at what they're doing in Arizona, which is usually almost all the time more effective than just going to one dude all the time. But right. like Mike's saying, man, it's such a game changer to have a guy like that. And in spurts and certain plays, Davis has been that guy. Don't get me wrong. He's made some big plays this year. He's also had some big time drops and big time mental mistakes, falls down, has some balls tipped up that caused interception. But hey, kudos to him this weekend, Mike. We don't win the game if he doesn't make that play and make that great catch that he made. And uh, there is a few negatives I want to get into, Mike. Okay, so play great and there's a lot to take away from this game. You're going to go through the game review. Before we go to that, the game review, Mike's about to just blow it up. We haven't been able to do a good one in a long time. Because let's be real, Jeff Pence. Let's go back to maybe the Cowboy game. That's it. Oh, no, the Giants game. Giants game Giants when we stripped game. that. <laughs> the last game that we had, like, full joy off a of W. That wasn't a beatdown. Just a game versus a team we don't we, – like, because last year's two wins felt like losses to a lot of Jet fans. Right. So we didn't do a game review. We didn't get too hyped. We just kept it kind of mellow because we knew what the vibe was. Been a while. But before we get to that, Mike, I just want to say, there's a couple throws there, and Zach knows this. Had that throw to Griffin there at the end of the game. Could have sealed the game. Came up a little short on that one. There's a few throws you know he wants back. That interception to Davis, that miscommunication is one of my kind of negatives of the game. And then also, one of my takeaways is, I mean, you're talking about a big-time running back. If we had a real a big time wide receiver you're talking about. If we had a real legit running back, which we don't I don't think we have on this team right now. I thought Ty Johnson might be that guy. I know they're going with a committee here. I know a lot of people are falling in love with Carter. And I think one of the reasons why his game last week seems so beast is because he did have some big first down runs, Mike. He did have the touchdown run where you're powered through. But then you go back and you look at the stats, wasn't really a big day for him. And on the season here is 37 carries, 127 yards. And he's, he's ranking 43rd out of 49 running backs right now 
in yards per carry? Is that a byproduct of our offensive line? Is that a byproduct of the fact that he's five foot eight, 200 pounds? Um, that's what I think it is more. I don't think he's a legit number one, Mike. I think he'd be better suited if we had a real number one as that third down back. Or even in, he's so small. He's not, I'm not saying he can't get the short yards, but his yards per carry hasn't been great. And if you take out the Patriot game, the Patriot game, he played well. But if you remove that Patriot game, he's only averaged two and a half yards of carry. Mike. That would be last in the NFL. So that's an area of concern for me because once again, we were not able to run the ball at all. And some first downs we ran for, and a lot of people are high on Carter. When you dig into the stats, Mike, um, I do think that's a big area of concern for me because so far this year, we put a lot on Zach. We haven't had a lot of second and shorts like we hoped we were going to have. Me and you coming in this year, we're hoping, man, maybe we'll get some second and five, second and fours, get a good running game established. Haven't been able to do that. Are you concerned about that moving forward this year, the running game, or do you think they're going to figure it out? I hope they figure it out. I'm more concerned with the offensive line, specifically Greg Van Roten and Connor McGovern, both jotting in one with 58.4 pass blocking grade and the other one with a 45.8 Van Roten. And Van Roten last week throwing Zach Wilson under the bus, saying he needed to throw, uh, get the ball out faster. Uh, you know, um, I, f I feel like offensive line improves. The running game will also improve as well. I also agree that we should and would get a, a, a beast running back that would help with the offense. Um, but as of right now, I, I really do feel like our center and guards are liabilities on how well we can run block and pass block. And I'm not sure exactly what the best road is moving forward. But if, if offensively, if, for me, the biggest concern really is that part of the offensive line moving forward. Our running backs, we got Tevin Coleman. They should be able to figure it out. I know they cut Josh Adams. I don't know why they did that. We've got LaMichael P. Ryan back there. Uh, you know, so I'm going to just hope that Mr. LaFleur can figure out best way to start running the ball. Or, um, you know, look, Darius Geis is chilling there. You know, why not give him a call? I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get to this game review. Like Mike said, let's give a shout-out to Jonathan Franklin Myers getting his third sack. Bryce Huff with a sack and a half. I mean, the defense seemed like they were getting these big hits on Tannehill. Tannehill now the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, thanks to the Jets. No longer is it Zach Wilson, so good job defense there. But let's get into this Mike Lagaris game review. Go time! October 3rd, 2021, New York Jets, Tennessee Titans, two teams, two different paths, Titans with Super Bowl aspirations, Jets looking to establish a foundation. At 0-3, New York was looking for a positive point to launch their rebuild into realized success, struggling to score a single point last week. Rookie quarterback Zach Wilson and the New York Jet offense were poised to show the Jet fans they are ready to step on stage and become what they were brought here to be. Jets get the ball first. One, two, three and out. Predictable play calls from the offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. Tennessee takes over and the Jets defense would hold them to three points because C.J. Mosley had a sack to put the Titans in a third and long, but a blown coverage on a screen pass allowed the Tennessee Titans to move into position for the score and take the early lead. Next possession, the Jets offense executed a first down on a short pass to Coleman and a run from Carter, but a questionable play call to Carter on a screen pass resulted in a loss. This was then followed up by a drop from Corey Davis on an off-target pass from Wilson. Ultimately, the Jets would punt again. Disappointing start after disappointing start key from the offense. Yeah, this felt, those first couple of drives there felt like the way the previous two games felt. And I could vouch for you, Mike, to move the stands in relation to the play calling, the offense, and Corey Davis. At this point in the game, very nice. Yeah. After another field goal from the Titans to start the second quarter, the Jets offense again looks to start getting straight. Second and eight at the Jet 27, Wilson on a pass deep left to Corey Davis. Interception, Fulton at the Jet 45 yard line. After further review, honestly, 
is this Zach's fault? Is it not? It looked like Corey slipped, but these interceptions really got to stop. Yeah, and it's hard to tell on those timing routes, Mike, because, you know, the receiver falls, Zach's just slinging it in there. Should he have waited to beat to see where the receiver was? You, you don't know. You know, maybe it's just a complete timing route. He maybe predetermined where he was going to go with the ball there. But either way, the turnovers do have to stop. I agree 100%. Don't know whose fault it was, but it felt like another huge setback for the offense. Tennessee, with good field position, was poised to take a commanding lead in the game. But strong coverage from Bryce Hall and a sack from John Franklin Myers resulted in another field goal, putting the Titans up 9 to nothing with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. The Jets, third possession on offense, did not start well. Two incomplete passes, third and 10 from the Jet 25, Wilson to Davis for 13, and then again to Davis for another 30. No huddle. Wilson short pass to Griffin for eight yards and then Ty Johnson for six and a first down. Berrios goes for a nice run along the side for nine yards on a, and then a short pass to Crowder sets up the Jets. Second and goal from the Tennessee two. Touchdown, Michael Carter. Here you go, little man. A little help from the offensive line never hurts. Move those little legs, get the ball in the end zone. Trending in the right direction. A touchdown, Mike. It had been a while since the fourth quarter of the Panther game. So if you had a damn touchdown, it felt good. Oh, it felt real good. The New York Jets going to halftime down two points. Impressive drive from Wilson and the Jets. This was the drive, like I said before, the team needed to gain confidence once again offensively. The defense playing outstanding. The second half, both teams would start off with punts. The New York Jet defense continued to pressure Brian Tannehill and contain the Titan offense to back-to-back -back punts. A sack from Quinn and Williams resulted in a punt to give the Jets the ball back with three minutes to go in the third quarter. Wilson fires a short pass to Davis for 15 yards. No huddle. Zach again to Ty Johnson for six. Third and six from the Jet 32. Wilson deep throw to Cole for 54 yards. <laughs> what? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, that was probably up to that point in the game or in this point in the season, in, his, in this point in his career, the best throw he's made in a huge time when we needed it. And he put the ball on the money. It looked like Cole may have been able to catch the ball and keep running. Corey Davis was in his vicinity also, but guess what, Mike? We don't care about that. Huge play. We needed that play at that point. And it's happy to see him develop some chemistry here in the deep throws. I know he's actually has a pretty good QB rating on those long throws down the field. Huge throw by Zach. Huge play by Cole. Jets moving in the right direction. This play would set up the Jets for a field goal to give them the first lead of the season, 10-9 to start the fourth quarter. This was a foreshadowing of what was to come. Titans answered with a six-play, 75-yard possession leveraged by long runs from Derrick Henry resulting in a Henry touchdown and then a two-point conversion, putting the Titans back up 17-10 with 13-14 left in the game. The New York Jets entered the game 0-3 with very little success so far. We're now asking the young quarterback to lead them back into the game. Wilson to Davis. Pass interference! Put <laughs> the Jets on the Tennessee territory on the 34-yard line. Zach Wilson, fumble, keeps his composure, finds Crowder for 29 all the way down at the Tennessee 5. Second and goal from the Tennessee 3. Touchdown, Jamison Crowder. Did you see that pass? Laser, son. Laser beam. Put the ball in that tight window. I know those bomb passes are always going to be in the highlight reel, Mike. They're sexy. We haven't seen them. They're always fun. That's what you do in Madness. That's what I did at Tecmo Bowl when I was little. But guess what? Sometimes those passes that he made to Crowder in that tight window with that amount of time, timing route, boom, 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 harder than anything. Got the job done. Got the ball in there. Mike, the game's tied up right here. Jet fans are feeling good. Titans fans are feeling a little nervous. 11 minutes to go in the game. Another three and out served up from another sack from Quinnen Williams, baby. One of two sacks on the game. Jets would get the ball back, looking to capitalize on the momentum they'd gained. Nine minutes, seven seconds to go. First and 10 from the Jets, 47. Oh! 
touchdown. You know where my feet are in the end zone there. That came right to me. Face that touchdown. I almost, I literally had that body experience. The ball's in the air. I saw the whole play break it down. He sent him down the field. The ball's up. The way Davis is played, you know, up and down here. I'm like, just make this play right here. Time froze. And guess what? Corey Davis came up huge right there making that catch. The place exploded like I haven't heard in a long time. I saw Jet fans making a lot of noise the whole game, holding it down for their team. But when they scored that touchdown, Mike, it's been a long time since they're a Jet fan. That loud, have that much excitement, be that hyped up. And man, I got to tell you, it felt great. Oh, my word. The Jets would lead the game 24 to 17 with two minutes to go. Titans would complete an 11 play, 74 yard drive that would tie the game with 16 seconds to go. Fourth and down penalty allowed the Titans to keep the drive alive. You know, one of the things that I didn't know was going to come out of this game was me just in front of the TV screaming and my two sons, one the oldest, I've been trying to make a Jet fan, but I just gave up because he wanted to be a Texan fan. But he's right there with me like, Poppy, we can stop him. And then when we thought that we stopped him on that fourth down, my son jumps up like, we did it, we did it. We were like, ah, oh. and then it was a flag. I'm like, son, no, 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 it was a flag. I, and that was the moment I was just like, yo, is this happening right now, son, my boy? Coming to Jeff, what? Son, don't tell that to me right now, son. It's happening, it was happening right in front of me. It was happening right in front of me. I didn't even plan it, though. I didn't even plan it. Okay, Jets will go into overtime. Starting the Jet 25, uh, Wilson would connect with Cole for nine yards, followed up from Coleman with a run for a first down. Coleman again for eight yards, setting the Jets up at third and two. Wilson, deep pass to Cole, out of bounds at the 29 yard line. This throw, to me, uh, that pass to Cole was the prettiest pass of the season. That is not a throw that Sam Darnold makes. That is not a throw that Cam Newton makes. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, they can do that. That was beautiful. Dropped right in the bucket. It seemed like he got into a groove there in the second half, Mike, where it was almost like the long throws he was just perfect on. It's early, he was putting the ball every single time in a position for the receiver to make a play, and they were making plays. The receiver stepped up, Zach Wilson put the ball on hold here, and it really felt like the momentum was, we're gonna put this ball in the end zone and end this game. What it felt like, Mike. It did. Unfortunately, we weren't able to make a touchdown. Uh, they went for it. Uh, screen rollout, and he got stopped. Matt, Andom Matt Amendola ended up kicking a field goal, putting us up 27 to 24 with six minutes left in OT. Titans would push the ball all the way down into Jet territory, but the Jet defense was really tired at this point. Um, the time of possession was won by the Titans. This would set Bullock up for the ki winning kick. There he goes. No game! <laughs> you know, my man, when he, when that ball, when it went up for a hot second, it looked good. Then it just went left quick. Oh. And the stadium went berserk. People are hugging. Beers are flying. Babies are getting tossed in the air. The Jets, the New York Jets, got a W. Got, it. got a w, w. Son. Robert got Salah, first W. Zach Wilson's first W. All these rookies out there, first W. Hell, Mike, all these guys that played last year, this is their second year. This is the first W they got that people are actually excited about. Because last year, people were mad at them when they got Ws, you know? Like we were saying, it's been a hot minute. And in this game, like we said, we went down a bunch of times, kept fighting back. When they gave that touchdown up at the end of the game, in a lot of ways to a team that's a lot better than you, that's so demoralizing. An 0-3 team, in the situation they're in, plays the best they can possibly play, and they're still tied at the end of the game. They still give a touchdown up. They came out, got the ball 13 plays down the field, at least got that field goal. I know we got lucky when he shanked it, but look, you need, you need some breaks sometimes here. They ended up on our side this, this week, and we got a W. Jets got a one W, man. Got it. And that defense, they were on the... They were on the field for 93 plays. Titans almost doubled them in, nine, in time of possession. And they yeah. and they just hung in there, man. I just hats off to the whole team. I was so happy for them. And 
I just thought that this is what was needed. And Robert Salah, really what this is going to do for the coaching staff and then for the players is that they can believe. And if they go up to Atlanta and handle business going into the bye for a young team, that may Ooh. be great. And I know and I know we want to talk about some Atlanta and New York Jets, but I think we have a jabroni of the week coming up. Oh, you know, it's been a minute, everyone, but let's get into it. ABG's first jabroni of the week for the 2021 season. Here we go. All right, so, I mean, this is not a hard one this week, everybody. You know, the jabroni of the week for this week is one Urban Meyer, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, known absolute piece of garbage human being, along with his wife, who's equally as garbage a human being, but even more crazy. We'll get into that in a moment. But him getting hired by Jacksonville, I thought, was interesting to begin with. And he didn't start his tenure off with Jacksonville that well. A lot of things have gone wrong already. Mike, he's only coached four games. You know, I mean, how bad can it go in four games? Well, bad as humanly possible for him. But why he's the jabroni of the week? You all know why. You all know it went down this week. You all know there was a small little vixen grinding on his lap at a bar out there in Columbus. But before we get to that, the why he's the full jabroni of the week, maybe you don't know how big a scumbag Urban Meyer is before he got to Jacksonville and why it's surprising he's the coach of the NFL team at all and why he should all. Count your blessings, as Mike has pointed out many times, that he is not here in New York right now. Because when Urban Meyer was in Florida, if you guys do remember, he was the head coach of a football team that had 31 arrests in six years. Okay? Now, these arrests range from possession of alcohol to aggravated stalking, domestic violence, and let's not forget attempted murder when Aaron Hernandez shot three dudes. Okay, guys? So he was the head coach of a team that was as big of a train wreck off the field in personal conduct as you can get. One coach, when he was in Florida, assaulted his wife. His name was Zach Smith. This coach followed him to Ohio State, was hired by Urban Meyer again, did the same thing at Ohio State, got a domestic violence charge against him, had other charges against him, did serve jail time. Eventually, Urban Meyer pretended like he didn't even know these things were going on, didn't tell the school, didn't tell the Big Ten, actually lied to the Big Ten. What happened to him? He was suspended the first three games of 2018. Um, Ohio State said he failed to uphold the university's standards of conduct, very interesting, um, by not reporting the allegations of abuse. This is not a good dude in any way, shape, or form. And when he had a chance to talk about what happened to this young woman who was beaten, who had her child um, kidnapped from her, all he said was, I'm sorry that the school's in this situation. So you see how much he's concerned about this lady. But let's get into the Jaguars, Michael, and this train wreck that's occurred. In February, they hired Chris Doyle as their strength and conditioning coach, who was fired from Iowa's program because he used his position to disparage former players, particularly those who were black players. That's why he got canned. Meyer defended the move, said he vetted this guy, even after Doyle resigned from the franchise a few days later, quote-unquote resigned, Mike, eggs are ready on your face. You've been coaching 10 minutes. Yeah. You're already hiring some racist as your conditioning coach. They were fine during OTAs. Tim Tebow was a mess. They lost to the Texans, who's the worst. They have one win, the Texans. It's versus Jacksonville. That's the worst team in the NFL. And then, you know, I won't get in too far into Meyer's wife, okay? She's not Urban Meyer. But you want to talk about a complete lunatic, out-of-touch psychopath who's spreading COVID misinformation as a nurse, spreading lies about the pandemic, spreading lies about Sandy Hook and abortions, all types of crazy stuff. That's his wife, Mike. And, and she, she was, was tweeting. She was tweeting when the when the video went viral, which is kind of crazy. And I'm, I'm so happy you added that, Michael, because this psychopathic woman, now they're, they're two apparently devout Christian or Catholic people. God bless you. I'm happy for you. And while you were at home tweeting about your husband getting a night off because he didn't fly home with the team, which has never been done, never heard of it. Circles around the NFL are like, wow, when does the coach not fly home with the team? He went to Columbus. He went out for a nice family dinner. He said he got called over next door to take some pictures. It wasn't his fault. There's a girl grinding on his lap. But then what else leaked out? Another video. And I'm not going to get too graphic or in the show, Mike. This show's PG, bro. We know what he was doing with those hands. We know what he did. We know he groped a young female. That video's out there now, too. And that came out after the Jaguars were ready to defend this, this guy. Do you remember 
all of the the uh <laughs> just while you're saying this i just thought to myself remember all of the different shows and they were like trevor lawrence you don't want to go to the jets it's going to be a circus you should just boycott the jets oh my goodness thank you thank you look i'm not saying i'm stretching the imagination the new york jets are rolling around with some amazing reputation historically. We're not stupid, guys. We get what the deal is. But Robert Sala, with all his damn kids he has, with his wife that he loves the most, his family foundation, which has meant a lot to him, he's at home watching film on Friday night. He's exactly. flying home with the team. Okay, our coach. That's what exactly. we ended up with. We put ourselves in a good situation with our coach and who we are. We put ourselves in a good situation getting Zach because if we maybe got Trevor Lawrence, like Micah said, that guy might be our coach right now. You never know. Joe Douglas runs the show, we're told. But there's been other times with this team already where the owners have overstepped the GM. Tebow. And Mike has said that. This dude might be here. And, you know, one of the things that's crazy to me, if you saw today, Jacksonville Jaguar players are saying this dude has no credibility in this building. Mike, he's coached four games, dude. He doesn't fly home with the team after a loss. Stays in Ohio. Has all that stuff happen, Wook? And then Monday cancels team practices. Wow. Makes total sense. Can you Makes total sense. And, yo, they have a game coming up. Like, when have you heard of a coach canceling a Monday practice to deal with the controversy they create? This team just canceled practice. They've lost 19 games in a row. Set the, the second worst record of all time for losses in a row. They said he apologized to the team, but what we found out is he apologized to individual position groups. Didn't want to stand up there in front of his team like a man because he has a history of doing this, passing the buck. So to me, not because of all your off-the-field nonsense, not because of me thinking as a human being, you're just a scumbag, Urban Meyer, and your wife could take a walk with you, because you're this stupid to go out in public in Columbus and maybe forget people have phones? What are you doing? That's why you are. Jabroni of the week. Jabroni of the week, 100%. I mean... This is a genius move, though. This is how he's going to get himself out of Jacksonville and into some coaching spot at some prominent school that just happens to open up. You Watch. see. And, that, Watch. and that's the sad thing when you look at the history. <laughs> he's going to get hired again. Coaches said, yeah. <laughs> when you look at the history, some of the things coaches have done off the field that are like illegal uh, situations, uh, paying people money, anything you can think of, right, that, that's underhanded. And they always get rehired as long as they're successful. You've seen that. We've seen that. And Urban Meyer, I have no I, I have no doubt he'll get a job in college football if he does want one. I just do not think he's cut out for the NFL. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. Jets, Falcons, playing in London. Look, the, Fal the Falcons are not that good. The Falcons are scrub squad, as far as I'm concerned. They have one win this year. I'm not going to say who that was against. Well, no reason for me to throw that out into the universe. But they're not a great team. Now, when you look at what the Falcons are able to do well, Mike, on defense, it's almost nothing. Their defense has the lowest pressure rate in the NFL. They only have seven sacks this whole season. Okay, that bodes well for us to give our boy Zach a little time. Their secondary stinks. They don't have any real impact players on defense. I don't think Matt Ryan's playing as bad as people think. Had four touchdowns last week. Um, but... Man, I think this is obviously a winnable game. It's a weird game when you go across, uh, you know, and play in London. They've done this a couple of times already. There's no real home team, so you don't really have that vibe for either team. Will the, the time difference affect anyone? Will it not, Michael? There's a lot to go through in the game. We're not going to go too long, guys. I know we already, the show's been long already, but I will say this, Michael. Matt Ryan's only been sacked eight times all year. I get that. But if they create havoc like they did last week, I mean, they have Ridley, they have Pitts, they don't have a lot of other weapons on offense, Mike. Yeah, this but is they... a game coming off last week, some momentum. Why don't we just go in there and throw a beat down in the Falcons this week? Get that second W. That's what I feel is going to happen. I feel yeah, like a blowout's on the way. Atlanta doesn't have what the Jets have. Wookie didn't even tell us. Senior is visiting the Queen at Buckingham Palace so that the Jets have a place to stay when they get there and get, you know, <laughs> tea and crumpets once they get into the visit. Yeah. Pete, were you going to, Nick, were you going to tell us about Senor's visit to the Queen? Listen, <laughs> I, I, I can I can neither confirm nor deny that visit took place, first of all. Second of all, you putting Senor on the spot right now because you asking me on this podcast 
Senor's going to hear it. <laughs> not going to be too happy there, Mike. Yeah. Not going to be too happy there, Mike. I, I heard he took a flight from Los Huevos to England so that the Jets could get, you know, some amenities and 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 some 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 help there and over and I don't know how it's going to be man I, the english again it's not like he said a home away it's they're both away and I don't know how the time is going to affect them you know look if we could sack Ryan Tannehill the way we did and I understand that the Titan offense line is not as good as Atlanta's offensive line um Matt Ryan is his statue he's He's the oldest, crustiest human. I mean, Brady's crustier, but Brady is still slinging it. You know, Matt Ryan, I mean, we if we unleash this defensive line, and I, what I want, LaFleur, play, call plays that align to Zach's skill set. You know, roll him out, do, you know, certain play actions, mix it up. Don't be predictable, you know, like you were in the beginning. I know you want to rush the ball, but guess what? You don't really have a power back to really establish that run. So you got to get creative with stuff. You know, I like those little end arounds for that Barrios had. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think Crowder being part of the conversation really helped Zach Wilson. Extra. Actually, you know, I think we, we underestimate how good uh, Jamison Crowder really is at separation. You know, I think Elijah Moore, when he first started, he's a rookie and I think he's going to be great, but he has to really learn the NFL game, the speed and everything like that. And I think he's going to be phenomenal, but having Crowder in there, I think was tremendous. So just keep the momentum, play within yourself. And I would, if I'm, if I am Salah and, and Ulbrich, I am unleashing hell on Matt Ryan. I'm unleashing hell. Let him, let him hit Ridley and, and Patterson and all them cats. I'm not afraid of them. I would just attack. And I'm going to tell you, Keith, my prediction, Jets get a W, son. Hey. I'm, yeah, me too. I'm saying me it. Me too. And just touching That's back it. on um, Senor real quick. I mean, Los Huevos is the only Latin-speaking Commonwealth, as we know. Yes. So he always has had a tight relation. And he is, he's a figurehead. He's a national um, He's a national treasure, Senor. So he's always able to hook it up any anytime they go over, over the pond in the U.K., but when we get to this Jet game, Michael, I do think they're going to be able to take a W. A line, I think, is the Falcons are favored by three points. It's a pretty even game. When you look at the offenses here, um, the Falcons are 24th in the NFL. Jets are 29th. Uh, we're right now, we're 28th in passing. We're 29th in rushing, Michael. And we're last in the NFL in points scored. Now, those two games we had, the second game, the third game, are kind of kind of destroyed our stats here with the season. But you look at the defense here. Jets are ranked 13th in defense. Pass? Against the pass? Who would have thought that? 12th in the NFL, the New York Jets right now, and points per game or 14th right now, giving up about 23 points per game. On the flip side, the Atlanta Falcons, Michael, give up the most points of any team in the NFL. And even though they're ranked 23rd in defense, it's kind of a misnomer because when you look, they've given up 257 yards on kick returns, which is nuts. Wow. So teams are starting off at the 40 on this team and just going down the field and scoring. So, I mean, if, if they had a normal kicker, they might be last in the NFL on defense. They just Teams are starting off so far up the field, but not gaining a lot of stats against them, Mike. Another thing to mention on their defense, Michael, zero interceptions this year for the Falcons. So I said they weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback. They also aren't doing anything in the secondary. They're not making plays at all. This is not a defense that we have to be overly concerned with. So I hope this is a game our boy can go in, execute. We saw it in the second half versus Carolina. And we saw it in the second half here last week. Even in the first half, Zach played pretty good. But the second half, he really shown, Mike, this is a team that probably is the worst defense we've played so far. Okay, we've gone up against some pretty decent defenses, or at least some pretty decent players. And I do think it's a chance he's going he's gonna to have a chance to shine here. I mean, Cordero Patterson is basically their best offensive weapon. Yeah. Mike Davis is, has the worst yards to carry in the NFL. They cannot run the ball about at all. Their offensive line is not great. Last in the NFL, like I said, is uh, uh, Mike Davis. So, I think it's a good week to be a Jets fan. Coming I off do. the momentum. I like Coming the matchup. I like the matchup. Think about it. They can't run, right? So what are they going to be? We are good at the pass. That's what the stats say. That's what, you know. So where are they going to beat us? They're going to beat us with the screen pass to Cordell Patterson that potentially, like Nick Nichols, was beating us. So we need to make sure that we're cognizant of Patterson out in the flats, right? Yeah. Other than that, you got Pitts and you got Ridley. Yep. Um, I'm not really too worried about Kyle Pitts. 
Uh, Ridley is a weapon, but again, I think Bryce Hall has been playing out of his mind. Put Bryce Hall on him and let's go, okay? And then offensively, you know, I mean, I feel like the offense, we, we don't know yet what we have because it's so young and it's so crisp and it's so, you know, you don't know. It, 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 it was just lying there dead and then all of a sudden it just jumped up, you know, and you're like, oh, what the, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was, yeah. So you don't really know what you have there yet. So like they could just drop like 30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I well, don't that, know. I don't know. That's why, I mean, coming into last week's game, when we predicted the game or thought about how it might shake out, Mike, we're like, look, we don't have anything to go off to tell you why it's going to be positive. That's different now. We have a little sample size of success here. We have a little something to dig our teeth into here that we've seen. Something actual, tangible to dig your teeth into, Jet fan. You've seen success. You've seen them win. I, uh, the Titans, like I said, I don't care who they didn't have on the field. Look at everyone we didn't have on the field. Michael, right. and we still were able to get a W against a team that has been really successful the past four or five years here in the NFL, a team that consistently wins, and a team that consistently figure out ways to win games. That's the Titans. That's they weren't right. able to do it against us, and I thought he did a great job coaching this game, and I'm really stoked about the Falcon game, Mike. I'll be up early. It's going to be an extra hour earlier for you out there in Texas. 8.30 game for you out there in Houston. 9.30 That early. I'll be up. I'll be up. Oh, yeah. I'll get up at oh, 8, I know you. 8, 7. Oh, yeah, you already know. I'm going to be we'll up. We'll be up. I mean, we'll be chatting. We're, we're, not flying over to, we're not flying over to London like Senor, but, I mean, we'll shoot. I'll definitely be up. You know, I know you're coming down here for that Houston game, though. I will be down there over Thanksgiving for that Houston game. That's going to be great. Me and Mike will be together in person. I might be in that little jet room right there with Mike doing the podcast, guys. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I think we're going in the right direction. I think we could be two and three here, Michael. I do feel that. And I do think that, uh, hey, we were just hoping for some positive signs out of this game for the Titans. You know, we started saying, hey, we just want to see Zach build, Zach get better. That's what we saw. That's what we got. And I think we take it into next week. We stick with a similar game plan, hopefully develop the run a little bit better, um, and just let Zach sling it, dude. If these guys can hold on to the ball and just make these plays for him, then that's a dangerous offense to go against, you know? Because they actually got some weapons there. Everybody, that's everything we got for you this week. Michael, if anyone wants to get at me and you, support the podcast, or be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? On Facebook, you can reach us at ABG dot jets radio on twitter you could reach us at abg underscore myj podcast and on instagram jet dot abg you heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in texas michael garris and big stinking wolfie nicholas cron my name is keith farrell good next week everybody peace out